Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is myself, your nerdy tutor, George, and with me here today, future mobile suit pilot, my mom. Hey! <laughs> I try... I don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think I. I um, have a cycle frame. Well, I mean, like, we there's we can get mobile suits that have cycle frames in them. So okay. Um. So this week we, I intended mom to only watch maybe the first two OAV chapters or up to maybe the first seven of Gundam Unicorn, which is probably if you want to get into Gundam, this is the way to get into it right now. It's newer animation it looks absolutely stunning and beautiful it's got a really good dub out there it's free to watch on crunchyroll so long as you don't mind ads and if you already have netflix the oav version is on there as well so and in any particular chance yes does it dive into the universal century a little bit too much yes but it's kind of unavoidable with gundam's relating around gundam series revolving around the universal century which is which this takes place in um it's kind of like talking about u.s politics without talking about George W. Bush or Obama? One of my many comments, actually. Okay, yeah. So um, if you <clears throat> if you want to dive in on it, you dive in on it. I think it's a great series to dive in on initially. And it gives you the opportunity to want to learn about the other stuff that kind of happened beforehand. Because there's a lot of other stuff that happens beforehand. <laughs> there's a lot of characters that pop up again that don't. That, like, if you hadn't watched the other series, that had, like, no meaning to you. There are oh, a lot my gosh. Okay. All right. So, what? So, what did you think of it initially? Okay. So, so first of all, I'd like to I'd like to say, <clears throat> I'm gonna have a much easier. I, I made notes for each episode, but okay. I'm gonna have a much easier time talking about this globally. I think first. Okay. Okay. Although there are just, I have all sorts of references. Oh, there's so much stuff going on here. Okay. So much stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Oh. Um. Okay. First of all, I made notes. And I still wished, as I went into into later episodes, mm -hmm. that I'd made some sort of map. Of all the characters and everything that's going on? God, this is worse than, than Tolstoy and War and Peace. I mean, it, it is, um, <laughs> it's Anna Karenina. Um, I had a hard time <laughs> keeping track. I, I so, so one of the resources I actually looked at was Fandom has a um, Gundam wiki. Who knew? And and I found myself using the Gundam Wiki. Um, a very extensive wiki, by that matter. Yeah, yeah, it is. I found myself, and and we can get into why. I found myself referring to it mid episode, stopping the episode, referring to it to refresh myself on because who people were and what stuff was and what stuff was and and part of the um, globally mm -hmm. globally. I could work in Star Wars, Star Trek, and Galaxy Quest. Yes. All into the storylines. Mm -hmm. And and I guess my my first comment was so you you said you only really expected me to, to watch the first two and I watched one through seven because that's what my instructions said. I can show you the message. I, I meant the episodes one through seven if you were watching on Crunchyroll, but if you got through the entire series, you got through the well, entire I got, series. No, oh, okay. No, I got through episodes one through seven. On the Crunchyroll? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Then, okay. So you didn't watch the entire series. You just watched, I watched you one watched, through seven. Okay. So. Okay. All right, so you just watched the first seven episodes, give or take, which covers the first two OAV films. Okay. So this was released over the course of, 
I want to say three or four years, starting in 2011 up until I think 2014, 2015, every about five to six months, they would release another chapter in this series, and it's about an hour and 10, maybe an hour and 20 minutes long in total. Usually no more than about an hour, typically. Um, it's the OAV format, because again, it also allows a lot of room for the artist to kind of, you know, enjoy the palette of the animation at the end of the day. Um, so, so, for reference here, they didn't get to Earth at all, did they? Various people did. There's the Cheyenne base. There's okay. So yes, there's there's Anaheim. What the hell are we doing in Anaheim? So Anaheim is a electronics company, not unlike um, Anaheim is where Disneyland is. Yeah, that's what I think of too when I think of Anaheim. But Anaheim in this case is a multi multi conglomerate construction company. It's helping. It's building the colonies, but also building mobile suits and the mobile weapons that go along with it. Oh, it's so. all sorts of intrigue. Oh, yeah. um, okay, so so are you talking about about that way of getting to Earth? I think we we and we they, they would have gotten to places. Earth and they would have seen another black mobile suit. If you never saw, yes, the, we saw the black mobile suit. Oh, so you actually did watch all a, thing, a fair amount of it then? Yeah, we saw the black mobile okay. suit. Okay, right. And and um, it it I thought it was destroyed and then it came back. It was a little like beat up. It looked like the emperor. Um, oh, okay. Well, no, I thought I saw. I even made notes about it. No, no, it's, it sounds like from the way you described it, it when you first started, where he did, travels off into the distance of space, that you did watch all of it. It would have been several hours worth of material. Oh yes. Okay, yeah. oh, so yes. You watched yes. all of it. You oh, watched all of it. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so let's okay. let's start okay, out. Okay. Let's start out with a, a global comment. Okay. Um. So my. Um. It was interesting to watch because by the time I got to the third episode, you could see that they were cutting in um, some animation that looked like it was from other series mm -hmm. because it was slightly styled differently. Yes. And okay, so and and does that that happen frequently? I, it was interesting to me because in episode three, there's a thing with the the laser cannon thing. Yes. Okay, where that thing doesn't look like the rest of the animation. It's very old-fashioned looking almost but more complete it's a little mm -hmm. more more detailed and glossy is not the right word but um pitched up maybe is the better yeah is the term. yeah yeah so, gotta remember that when a lot of the stuff was originally created back in 1978 1979 um that hyper mega cannon clips of better animation popped in yeah okay not imagining that. No, 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 no. Much, much better stuff eventually kind of pops in, I would imagine, from it, time to it time. It does from that time on. I, I, I didn't notice it in the first two episodes. I felt like the animation was pretty consistent. Mm -hmm. But once we got to three, you see it again in like five or six. You definitely see it in seven. Um, and, and in seven, you'll kind of understand why. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so it looks like there's almost kind of what I would almost term better animation slotted in. So... For the re-release for it, they did add some more material in because, mind you, this is a series that came out in early at latest 2014 episodes. The original OAVs for like three, four, and five would have come out in 2012 and 13. Well, what I was watching said it was edited in 2016. Yes, so okay. the re-release for it was okay. So they had some time and they added some more stuff in. So, okay. So yeah, so that's probably where you're seeing it from. Okay, so it seemed like there were some some other sort of almost better, fuller, more complete 
animation cycles. Animation, so, yeah. yeah. Um, sliced in. Um, so that was an that was an over overall comment. Okay. Um, I think I was expecting a delineated good and evil, and there's certainly evil characters. Evil, evil characters, but no side's necessarily evil. Yeah, I was a little. Um, it makes it hard to, especially towards the end, it makes it hard to um, root cheer. for people because because to, yeah to cheer characters on because um, they kind of. Um, it's a little like like uh, watching Survivor. They, Nobody's they, right at the end of the day, but, but everybody shift, is certainly shift, goddamn wrong. Yeah, but they shift allegiances. Mm-hmm. Especially the Gundam in this case, you know, Benazir Links and the Unicorn Gundam are at one point with the Earth Federation, and then they're working with the Neo Zeon forces, and then back with the Earth Federation, and then somehow they're all like working together in a, by by episodes. I'm sure I don't like sleeves. No, no, no. I mean, I'm a big fan of sleeves. I mean, especially during the wintertime. They keep your arms nice and warm. <laughs> okay. Um, what you have to know is that there's also a term in earlier in earlier in the Universal Century called the pocket war. So, like, they do kind of... It, they refer kind of, to that. Yeah, and they so they make some references to kind of stuff like that. One year war... Uh, so they make some references to that occasionally. Why the Neo, Neon Zeo forces are known as the sleeves, I don't really fully understand at all, so... Well, this sleeves seem to be just sort of a contingent of them. Yes, yeah, they're not the actual. Yeah, the main crew that were fo- the the main Neo Zeon force that were following, they're not full frontal at all. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah. So then and and then you have you know the with you know the 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 uh, the guy with the mask. No, the Lando Lando Bell tri stars. Oh, uh, so we have Lando Bell, which is a. Again, this uh, Londo Bell takes place. It comes from Zeta Gundam, which it was when Earth was being. But you per- you could look at him as one person. He's also kind of th- three people. He's one singular person, but he but for the love of God, he doesn't have any pupils in his eyes. He just he just <laughs> has the dots. It always freaks me out whenever I see him. But he he has this little. It's always the the well. You get the tri stars a bit. Yes. So. Which are which are his. His kind of like signature sort of thing, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so, um, and and uh, he has his own, it's like its own little task force. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a hero of the of the Zeta of the of the kind of like Zeta Gundam. He was the yeah. captain again of that series um, for the main two titular ship with the Gundam. Um, and Londo Bell is actually his original creation. So most of the Earth Federation are kind of made up of what he created but he's not the immediate leader of it still for whatever reason he's more or less kind of like a we do what we need to do in londo bell we take care of the stuff they're the general forces but londo bell is like the special forces well they're kind of the cleanup crew no they're very much a cleanup crew at the end of the day too um okay so so um before we take it episode by episode you certainly see the things that influence it yeah there's a lot of history that goes into this there's there's um overriding it's really more about the characters than it is even even though there are all sorts of, there are battles there are battles in every episode mm-hmm. um even though the gundam is really really cool especially when it transforms that first time with that music in the background it is well the music's fantastic that, all the way through the the main gundam music. each 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 episode has its own like beautiful music in it well it's own unique song mm-hmm. 
the the title song, um, which is called Unicorn in the in the um, soundtrack, um, is a song I regularly play when I want to just relax, and sometimes I play it when I go to sleep, and I have good dreams when I listen to that song. That's how good it is. Yeah, yeah. So the music's the music's wonderful. Lots of you know a decent amount. Of, it's a it's a muted palette. Yes. But a decent amount of color. Mm-hmm. It is it is a muted palette. Yeah, because it's aiming for slightly more realistic in a lot of cases. Well, even beyond that, I I I, I kind of felt like some of it was muted so that you could reuse it easily. Yes. Um, because you 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 cap uh, along with needing a map for the characters. Like mm. I I wish I'd had a flow chart because people are people's fathers and mothers and just mm-hmm. okay. So um. Along with that, I wish I had kept a chart of where we were. Okay. Because there were the, there's so there's industrial seven, which is the main colony that we start on. Okay, and then there there's there is. Axis. Axis. There are all sorts of other places. Places. Yeah. And I'm getting lost in in this universe. Lost in lost because there's lots of reference to the Earth Federation, but we're not spending any, any I mean, a significant amount of time with people. Them. Go to to Earth. Earth. They go to Texas. We all have to eventually get to Texas and Cheyenne and Cheyenne. And and I guess an overriding question that this why this surprised me is this is a Japanese animation. What are we doing in North America? Um. You got to remember that kind of North America is kind of like Japan thinks is like a cool place at the end of the day. I mean, they a lot of the stuff that we do here, they take they take and they kind of multiply. We it. don't go to Chile. We don't go to Zimbabwe. We go to North America. Yeah, I mean, again, look, a lot of our imports get to Japan eventually. I mean, like a lot of our culture gets exported to Japan anywhere from five to ten years later in a lot of cases. So a lot of cases we seem like we're on the cutting edge of cultural society in a lot of cases to Japan. I mean, you got to remember to them, one of the, the most sexiest things in the world is either a maid costume or a bunny girl. And both both very American things. Well, both, yeah. very, again, very American things at the end of the day. Um, and then again, they take a lot of influence. I, I, I can't necessarily speak to it taking place in America for those reasons, but I think a lot of it is also a lot of it is being very Americanized as well. Uh, one part because it's kind of cool and foreign, so it seems certainly very otherworldly other uh, to, other to them. Yeah. Um, but it also, in a lot of later years, has also been kind of a strategy to uh, entice Western viewers to want to have more interest in it as well. So because okay. I know a lot of Japanese companies now are who do animation are recognizing that their anime is not just going to be for their Japanese society; it's going to be seen in a global theater. So sometimes, if you know you cater to the Americans, which are a very large conglomerate of that, that might be something of interest. I know there's some animes which are um, use the American kind of setting kind of interesting. There's a great, there's literally a show right now uh, called Vinland Saga that's all about Vikings. <laughs> yeah, I just flashed him a look and you can't see it. Yeah, no, mom, <laughs> my, mom had this like single eyebrow and I was like, WTF? And it's 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 probably one of the one of the best shows of 2019. Okay. That I'll, that I'll being that. that being said, again, we have like Full Metal Alchemist, which again doesn't take place in any sort of particular Japanese place, but or European or American place, but it's definitely not Japanese in in tone in, in the characters, locations, and even the abilities. It's very steampunk, very Western. So there's that as well. 
Okay. Um, so 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 back to like global global comments. Mm-hmm. I, I guess um, it there's a lot of of discussion of the waste of war. And, yes. and I actually appreciated that. And there's a there's there's scenes in which you see um, children, even on the ships, um, mm-hmm. you see children featured as as part of the the collateral damage of war. Yes. And mm-hmm. and so and I wondered how much of that is sort of driven by their experience of war, in which certainly the atomic bomb is something that that, that hit very innocent people. Mm-hmm. And then a lot. I mean, just the invasion of Japan probably devastated a lot of people who weren't in that conflict for that particular reason or weren't even were just civilians in the in the conflict they had no rationale for being in this war on any particular level they were just cap- so so as much as this is about war it's it i actually found it's more about the people it well i actually found it was very anti-war yes I, was, I, a lot of the gundam series have, have trended that way and more in within the last like decade or so that a lot of it um a lot of it's really kind of i I think it's also kind of our global emphasis on war in the last decade as well that has really kind of soured us on the notion that like you like the main character one of the main characters here audrey is very much a pacifist she doesn't want to be in the fights and the only reason she's she's doing any of this is to or leveraging her own name um, is just to reveal is to get to that point. Okay, but but now that you you bring up Audrey. Okay, which is, again it isn't it is a mention toward Audrey Hepburn. And she has that look. Yes. That that, that was that was an intentional nod. But but like everybody else, mm-hmm. she's not really Audrey. No, no, no. This no. is a recurring theme too. Yes, that people are not who they truly truly are. Or you don't know the full picture of who they are beforehand. They turn out to be somebody like like there's a, there's like references to other people, and and part of this goes to, I, I have a global a, a global frustration with, because I didn't know the past, I was on, um, you were having to Gundam f- Wiki quite a bit trying to figure out is this a a, a character I forgot because I watched them in pretty recent in in pretty rapid succession. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a character I forgot, or have I never? Is a reference to somebody else. else? And and there was that both in terms of battles that had taken place, in terms of, of people who suddenly appeared that everybody knew, and were already incorporated in, um, and um, and into sort of other worlds. So and and people aren't necessarily who. They appear to be. There were a couple of people that were kind of, kind of that way. There's you know? a lot, yeah. I mean, even even Audrey, who was later, um, and okay, I, I do want to mention here that there are spoilers for Gun for Gundam Unicorn here at the end of the day. Well, I don't know that we have to. We don't have to necessarily outright spoil it. I mean, yeah. the homework. My in, intentional homework was the first two episodes of the OAV, which covers a lot of ground. And basically, if you watch those two episodes, you get the impression of what Gundam is at the end of the day. Oh, I watched one through seven. It's okay. Okay. You're, you you did not you did not mess up on any particular level here. Okay. So so um, other other because I don't know that we want to ruin it by going going episode to episode. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to spoil what the Laplace box is. I won't. I won't mention that. Did you understand what the Laplace box was at the end of the day? 
I believe I did because it. Did, it's a big deal. So it did things. Okay. okay. So he, so let's start there. Okay. I'm listening to them talk about what the box is and what the box is and what it might be, and I'm flashing on the Omega 13 from Galaxy Quest. Yes. Because they don't know what the Omega 13 is going to do. They don't know if it's going to flash forward time or set back time. It's going to or destroy it's going the to universe. Explode, it's going to, yeah. What it's going to do. As mm -hmm. it turns out, it saves the day because it sets time back 13 seconds. It's just one of the theories of what it can do. Um, and so, and, and, and I am a big Galaxy Quest fan, oh, obviously. Yeah. Very good show. Um, as I was listening to them discuss what it could be and what it couldn't be, that's what I flashed on. Because they don't know what the Laplace box is. Mm -hmm. um, from what from my notes, what I caught was that it could destroy the world. It could restore the future. It could set back time. Mm -hmm. So, so let's start with the climate before we get into Gundam Unicorn, because it might okay. help a little bit. So. Um, Gundam Unicorn itself takes place three years in the Universal Century 96 um, and takes place essentially af uh, three years after um, the Char Char's, uh, Char's attack or Char's uh, rebellion, Right. essentially. Um, it's where Amuro Ray and Char Aznable disappear. They're missing in action. And there's some and there's some references to Char later, kind of uh, later on. Oh, yes, yes. Because we, there's somebody else who... We'll talk about Full Frontal. Okay. Um, by this point here, like there's not a lot of fighting that's happening. The Neozeon forces are being quiet, but you have to realize that in the climate of the universe here, that um, space nords are kind of considered like American colonists almost, where they don't. They were again like Brit in, in the Earth Federation is kind of like British forces at the end of the day. They don't hate each other at the end of the day, but one side is clearly not allowing them to participate in government and have their own say in their own lives, and that's. Clearly, not letting them be autonomous. Yeah, and that's part of the problem that the colonists would prefer to do because they really are very autonomous at the end of the day, uh, with the exception of a few bits that they're getting from Earth versus they're sharing a lot more stuff from Earth. Um, and so, the beginning of the show actually features the space station known as Laplace, and by this point here, the station is actually blown up um, after the with the very literal beginning of. The Universal Century, literally minutes yeah. into it, the station is blown up, um, and the Fist Foundation, which is a big player in in this story, and there are several fists. There are several fists. Um, they have recovered something from the destroyed uh, space station colony, it's just kind of floating out, just right outside of Earth's orbit. Uh, they have recovered something that basically, if it were to be revealed or shown or used, would basically change the entire political dynamic of. Uh, the humans is human civilization at this point here. So they've, right. that's the that's the Laplace La box. box. And what they've essentially decided to do is they're they're going to lord it over the Earth Federation and basically use it to amass power, finances. Uh, basically, they're like nobility after a certain point. But they're but they're basically lording over. Uh, black, they're basically just blackmailing the Earth Federation to let them do whatever they want. There's a couple and, different nobilities here. Yes. We need to, we need to go there, there are a couple different nobilities here. Yeah. Um, by the time we start episode one, the Viz Foundation has held on to the Laplace box here for 96 years, and they're now somewhat eager to get rid of it. They don't want to They want to keep it anymore. They want whatever they have to be out in the open and public for everybody to, to have at this point. Right. 
and the Came people to equally control. And the people they've leaned on to do this is going to be the sl- the Neo Zeon forces, which the sleeves in this particular case are coming to collect it. Um, along with the crew of the sleeves, we have a Audrey Byrne, who that's how she introduces herself, mm-hmm. um, who is with them and is somehow an important character. By the time, um, also on the colony, we have Benajer Lynx, who is a, uh, he's a part of the engineering, uh, he's a part of the kind of like the engineering academy of Anaheim Electronics, which again is a global sort of, a universal sort of construction company that makes mobile suits and uh, colonies space, and yeah. all sorts of space stuff. Space, space Why they're stations. called Anaheim Electronics, I think maybe the creator like Disneyland, I don't know. Yeah. Would be, again, I mean, sillier is, I mean, like, again, like I'm, I'm thinking now if I, if I make it my own space corporation, I'm going to call it something like Magic Kingdom or something. Yeah, there we go. So, copyright infringement, of course. Yes. But, um, but Benarger Lynx is very much waiting for his life to happen, it would seem. He looks he off is. into the distance. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's starry-eyed. He's, he's got kind of, kind of... No forward momentum in his life at all, beyond yeah. being a future engineer of some sort. Sort of daydream. Yeah. Um, so, Miss Audrey Burns is actually trying to... Um, as it were, kind of escape through like the bowels of the space station to get to the Vis Foundation. She needs to talk with the uh, person in charge of the Vis Foundation so that she can receive the Laplace Fox versus the Neo Zeon people because it's not quite sure what the Neo Zeon people are going to do with whatever they get from the Laplace Box. And we don't know what it does. And we still don't know what it does. It's the at all Omega either. Thirteen. Yes, we still don't know what it does at all. Um, in the process, she kind of uh, gets trapped in kind of the void space of the colony. Now, we've got to remember that the void, the, the colonies are kind of shaped like um, cylinders that are kind of turning to create the centripetal force to create gravity. Um, so if you were to look up, you'd see the other part of the, You'd see, like, the other part of the, of the colony, maybe a forest or lake or, like, office buildings or something above you. It's the China Syndrome. Oh, okay. Um, where, where, where China Syndrome was a term that was coined when we had um, nuclear plants. Oh, okay. And the idea was you could burn all the way through the core and see China at the other side. Ah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. makes perfect sense. So, yeah. Um, so she's kind of in the middle right there where there's not a whole lot of gravity, but gravity is going to start taking effect on her very shortly, and as a process, she'll plummet to the earth as if she fell off a building. Yeah. But Ajerling saves her and um, agrees to help take her to where the Viz Foundation is at. Uh, they initially call the colony builder portion because they're constantly building out these colonies. Um, uh, they call it the snail. I don't know why, yeah. but, um, but he, she, he agrees to take her there because she really needs to get there. Um, along the way, they are uh, met by some of the uh, agents of the sleeve, uh, the Neozeon forces, and they're yeah. able to escape them. Um, by the time Audrey gets to the Viz Foundation, the Viz Foundation agrees that the uh, chairman agrees that yeah, I will talk to you about this because I know who you are. Yeah, um, but he Bena- does. But Benajer Lynx, you you can go back to doing your studies. Yeah. Um, same- and, and and mind you, he's sixteen. Benajer Lynx. Yes, he's sixteen in that particular age range, right around there yeah. again. He's also probably born during the One Year War, yeah. uh, much like Audrey, who's also sixteen at this time as well. Yes. Um, it's a very teen thing. Saved by the bell in space. 
oh, I don't know if we ever, would ever have a screech in this sort of situation. Yeah, you don't. You don't. There is actually no comedy uh, elements in this at all. Oh, yeah. There's, it's almost entirely super serious the entire time. It's no. not even snark or sarcasm. Well, a little sarcasm. There's a little sarcasm here and there, but, but I mean, not much. No really good snark. No, we got we 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 just came off of a series with a lot of snark in it. So yeah. Um, by this point here. The Viz Foundation is now speaking with the captain of the sleeve ship, and they're discussing the giving up of the Laplace box, essentially. Yep. Um, but Earth Federation forces have arrived to the colony chasing after the sleeves, and the sleeves think, oh my goodness, we've been found. Attack! It's a lot of that. Um, as very reactive people. On very side. reactive, yeah. But it, but it kind of does show that, like, you know, who knows who knows who shot the first shot at the end of the day? Well, okay. So this is back to there are really like three different forces. Yes. And they morph, they, they change. Alliances, this, per, perspectives. All the, yeah, it's very fluid. Mm-hmm. I'll help you, but I'm not on your side. I mean, yes. at one point, I think in one of the later episodes, that actually gets said. Oh, no, I think that's a big part of part four. Yeah. Um, part four and even part five a little bit. So there's there's a lot of, of um, who are you rooting for? Yeah, um, by the time we get to by the time we get through um, at the end here, the Viz Foundation thinks that the sleeves are attacking, so that they're just going to steal the Laplace box at this point. Versus the sleeves think that the Viz Foundation nobody looks, trusts anybody. Tells, yeah. At the end of the day, Audrey escapes the uh, the Viz Foundation and gets saved by the. Earth Federation and who's actually coming th- what th- who they think are there to save the day yeah um, and it's and Badajarlink gets kind of lost in the bowels of the station a little bit yeah of the colony and winds up across the chairman and this all white mobile suit now the mobile suit is designed after what they call a gym which is a general mobile suit for the yeah. Earth Alliance yeah. but with a unicorn horn uh, on its on its uh, forehead almost it is a new type destroyer oh well we'll get to that part in a little bit okay. later we'll get to that in just a second okay. um, you come to realize that the guy who's the chairman of the Vis Foundation is actually Banasha Link's father which is all new to him yeah he doesn't remember that point in his life and uh, his father basically gifts the Unicorn Gundam to him because he believes his son will be the best person to use the Laplace box in whatever way is deemed fit the best way to well, use what it. What happens to the father? He, he um, I don't know. The, the cockpit closes before I ever get to see. He did get shot and it's implied that he dies. Well, there's a lot of that too. <laughs> These characters have to come back in some form eventually. In, so, in some form is an important thing. I say, I say, I, I don't want to ruin this for somebody because a lot of this isn't like Star Wars, where a lot of people have seen it, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of other stuff out there. Yeah. Um. If if you want to watch this, I don't know that we should be giving the immediate details of some of that stuff. Right. Is it better to? Is it better for the purposes of well, this to to go? And just generally say these are 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 um, what's happening. These are these well, characters. These are, well, these are themes that happen during it. Yeah, we can do that too. And we could talk a little bit about maybe a couple of the characters. But I don't. I. I mean, I would like to encourage people I, I, to watch. I. I, I found it very very interesting. Mm-hmm. I. I would say have a you know have a a, a notebook or a, an iPad with you. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to use tools, and there's plenty of them online. Oh yeah, no, this is very well studied. So yeah, let's let's talk about some of the key things of this series here. So 
Um, we were there's, mentioned- there's several instances in which people find out who their parentage is. Yeah, so we won't go through all of that here. But that's a recurring theme. It is very much a recurring thing. So I, I, I found that very Star Wars-ish. Oh, that's very true, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. I, 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 have, I have notes. Okay. Okay, so, um, and there's, there's, I like the way you're looking at me. Okay, so I have um, in here as well, um, Marita. Yes. Marita Cruz. I initially put Spock-like. Yes. Um, in that she's she tries to be emotionless and and yet yet she's kind towards, of a singular focus. Sing, yeah, and and towards the end, she has kind of a revelation of what she really thinks, and she not truly of, emotionally different, but like you start to actually she she, be, she, she comes be, in she sort of comes into herself. Yes, and and where I and, and when I say Spock, like I, it wasn't that I found her com- lacking in emotion, but you felt that she was very closed in and not wanting to share her emotions, but just do the job. That was very driven, yeah, very driven. So, mm-hmm. so I found that to, to relate to um, Star Trek. Okay, um, as I said earlier, I have the Omega Thirteen, that that uh, the the Laplace box because you just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting that at one point you have the OC, the the ECOAS. Okay. Okay. ECOAS. ECOAS. Um, fighting like almost guerrilla warfare, waiting to ambush in rocks. Yes. Which I thought was compl- a completely different style of warfare that you would expect in space. Yeah. Yeah, like ECOAS is kind of like the. Um, um, uh, trying to describe it, they're kind of like uh, SEAL Team Six. They're like the SEALs of, of, uh, of the Earth Federation. They they're very dirty. They don't care. Wh- they don't care what casualties are along the way. They their collateral or- damage is collateral damage. Collateral damage is just like okay, we're gonna have collateral damage. Keep it yep. to a minimum. But if it happens, eh, yeah, we we knew this was gonna happen. Not not real empathetic. No. Um, so that's, yeah, but ECOWAS is very much of the guerrilla fighter SEAL team sort of, sort of thing. We're like, Hey, we, we got kind of a really difficult job. This is what we're going to do. We'll get in, get out. And then bing, bang, boom. Literally in a lot of cases, a lot of boom. A lot of boom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about one of the key things that well, where I want to talk about the Gundam, but I want to talk about an, an element of the universal century that actually comes up in other Gundams as well. Okay. And this is the idea of what is a new type. So this is probably something you had meant you would probably have in your notes somewhere, if not right there where your thumb is. So, um, so okay. So a new type is a evolution of human beings, and the notion is that by being in space, humanity would evolve in some sort of way by having to adapt to living in space, and as right. a result. New types are actually not all space-born people. Amuro Ray, who was actually originally born on Earth, is probably one of the more notable new types. Um, but what they develop is a greater mental awareness of everything happening around them. Well, and also, in a, a, my interpretation was that somehow they are able to mentally connect with the Gundam. In, so that that part will come in in just a okay. second here. So. Um, 
But kind of the main feature of new types is their mental awareness, and it allows them to be spatially aware of everything around them. They're able to focus a lot better. Um, certain new types can sense danger or sense somebody's uh, negative emotions, so they're able to kind of, like a six kind of, like a spidey sense almost. And manipulate off of that. Yes. And so one of the things that's been developed in the series um, is, an L, is a metal called Psychoframe, which is incorporated into usually like the cockpit of some <laughs> units and some like core pieces of it. Um, and basically what the Psychoframe does, it's like, yeah, right there. Uh, what Psychoframe does is actually just kind of um, amplifies the connection with the pilot. So it allows, the, it allows you to kind of directly kind of help maneuver the robot, the mobile suits here without actually direct input into it in some cases. Um, and so in Maria Cruz's example here, she has these little um, funnel little bits that kind of shoot out from her unit and kind of surround it and, and stuff. But she's got like 30 of them or something. And controlling all of them manually would be really, really difficult. But she's using her psycho frame and her new type abilities to do that. But what happens if we can't blow what happens at the end? We can't. So one of the things I do want to say, though, is that there are also what they call cyber new types. And these are types of people who are genetically modified to be new types. So they're usually they're, clones or some sort of genetic they're modification. Not they're not they, inherently. They're not inherently new types, but they've been bred or created to be such. So, so, do you, so I don't want to blow any any. Okay. Um, I just will say. That comes up at certain points. Yes. Yeah. Um, and now, to speak about new type is to actually speak about the Gundam Unicorn itself. Now, again, it's a unique mobile suit in that it's actually built with Psychoframe throughout its inner structure, all the way down to the arms and limbs, to the fingers. It all has Psychoframe throughout it. And what it does is it allows the pilot to basically control the mobile suit, and the mobile suit kind of reacts to whatever the pilot wants to have happen like if you just needed to raise your arm up to block a to block a punch or something it would do it for you without you even subconsciously without you ever realizing it's kind of almost works on a subconscious level it's like it's like your neurosystem yes it just i don't think i raise my arm my arm just raises and and yeah and and that can become a more developed power Mm -hmm. eventually becomes a much more developed element later yeah. Um, and the what's also unique about this Gundam is that it has two modes. It has its default unicorn mode, which again is a very kind of basic looking mobile suit with the exception of the crest at the top. Um, but then it also has what's called the new type destroyer mode, or the NTD as it's featured on the display screen. Um, and what this does is that it actually turns off all the limiters of the suit mm-hmm. so that it's not holding back at all. And the armor itself... Um, begins to expose the psycho frame underneath it. So it spreads open and expands. It makes it a little more broader shoulders, longer legs, chunkier arms. It lights up a little bit. And it reveals the psycho frame underneath it, which is this glowing kind of red, pinkish sort of hue. Um, it also changes the face as well. So beforehand, it's got this very kind of very basic looking thing, but then it reveals the Gundam face. And then its unicorn horn splits open then, to reveal its fins that are, that are synonymous yeah. with the Gundam. Yeah. Um, it also gets extra thrusters on behind its le- behind its hips and back as well as its legs. Um, it also just has like the coolest music when it transforms. <laughs> and we got to hear some of that firsthand when we saw. When we were in Japan, and then when, yeah. and so now having watched the series, now we, you see the statue in Japan. 
now you kind of, you know, I know you had like a, an understanding of how cool it was just to see it in general. Yeah. But now that you know the series, how much cooler was that actually? Now? Actually, it was very, yeah, I could relate to it more. Yeah. I, so under, I, I understood. It made more sense it. now. Yeah. So, and again, that was a one-to-one creation of it too. Yeah, it, it was huge. It was three stories. Three like three stories or four stories tall. tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I believe it's like 20 meters tall at the end of the day. Yeah. Was, so, yeah. Very big. Um, so that's in what the new type destroyer is meant to be is that um, in the Gundam universe, new types are not um, well received. They're like. There's a lot of distrust over everything. Yeah. The new, they, there's a lot of distrust over new types in general because they don't know what powers they really have versus what they don't have what they can do what they can't do well not, not and not everybody has it and that creates its own problems and and so in but the other problem as well is that the intentional development of the new type destroyer system was actually to hunt new types and the system originally is only supposed to activate when in the presence of a new type because you would need to have that extra power and abilities to fight against a new type who would be naturally more so that they were equals so they could fight which, on which, which i took to be sort of like a um you know in 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 our world there's a there's a certain um code of conduct for war mm -hmm. and i took that to be sort of a code of conduct kind of thing um possibly i i, I could certainly see that um, well, the original intention, of, of course, of the Gundam was a part of the Universal Project was to eliminate the new types because they didn't know who they were, and the, the impression was is that um, is that they might because they're because of their known prowess of being mobile suit pilots and being somewhat higher level thinkers and stuff like that. There's concern by the Earth Federation that would think that they were going to take over, which is very kind of a zeon. Not a racist, but more like a zingo, uh, jangoistic sort of impression almost. Well, what I thought, yeah, my interpretation of it was that the fear was that because they they could be um, because the person because they related to the person that was piloting them, mm -hmm. they wouldn't necessarily be responsible to a captain. That person has emotions and thoughts that are controlling the the, the robot and the con the Gundam. And so that might make make it difficult for them to follow a chain of command. If you understand what I'm saying, yes, that okay. too. Yeah, again, it's a, there's there's a lot of minutia into like the new types as 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 a as a segment of people at the end of the day, um, that uh, is somewhat understood and also kind of just very jingoistic as well. That like they don't trust them. Yeah, um, Amaro Ray is a great example when we watch Gundam Zeta. Um, which takes place like five years after the One Year War. Um, Amore, who is like a hero of the One Year War, is relegated to just being a instructor. He's not really allowed to pilot mobile suits outside of the training facility because they're afraid he's going to turn on them because he's a new type. So as an example, and, and eventually he's going. He also saves Earth from nuclear winter at one point too. Um, Char's attack was intentional that they were going to drop the Axis colony on the Earth. Because if they did that, they would force everyone on the Earth to leave it in a nuclear winter situation, and then they'd all be in space, and as a result, they would all be under the same code of conduct now. There would be no Earth Federation anymore. It would be more neutral playing ground for people, if that makes sense. And I'm trying to find my... I have a comment about Char. Okay. But but I'm trying to find it, and now I can't find it. So I think there's three major characters. We've mentioned Banajer Lynx. We've mentioned Audrey. 
Uh, there's a third one, but let's go through like each one of the characters because those are the main okay. kind of major characters. So, um, should we spoil Audrey or not? I think it's important to talk about it. Because well, I mean, and I and I think you you get spoiled pretty quickly because it's in episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Audrey Byrne, which is not her real name, is actually her real name is Minerva Lao Zabi, who is the granddaughter of Chairman Z- uh, Daikun Zabi, who was the leader of the Principality of Zeon, which we affectionately also just know as Zeon. Her entire family, from her parents, siblings, uh, paternal family, all of her extended family is dead with the exception of her. So she's like the princess and heiress to the only surviving member, the Zeon legacy. And basically if she decided, we are, we are in a Neo Zeon point in here. Yeah. Yeah. And with the intention that if she ever decided to say, take over, everybody would just be like, yep, we're on board. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that, and that plays a role very much all the way through because, because, there are two people who know who have who know where the box is. Yes. There's two people who know technically where the box is. Um, another element of the Gundam here is it also has a unique operating system. It's all operating systems are the Gundam operating system, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one has an additional feature known as the Laplace box, which is basically testing Benazir links to see if he is worthy of the Laplace box by making Leo to certain locations as designed by the system. Kind of like a key. Um, yeah, and it's very much a key. They, they Later chapters, they describe the Gundam as being key to finding whatever it is that they want this box at the end of the day. Nobody knows where it is at all, but the Gundam clearly does. Yeah. Um, so, but Audrey, um, Audrey is where, I'm, as I as it's, she's known in the series, I, we could call her Minerva, but we all, everyone, uh, but Nigel still calls her Audrey at the end of the day because that's yeah. who he knows her as. Yeah. Uh, she's a pacifist by nature. She has no vested interest in wanting to fight on any particular level. And the only reason she, she actually tries to get involved in this set here is because she believes that by getting the Laplace box, which she has an understanding of what it is. Other people understand what the Laplace box is, but we as the audience don't know what it is until the very last chapter. Right. Well, you get told in the beginning, it could be this, could be this, could be yeah, this, could be this. It could be a number of different things. Yeah. Um, and so, we do find out what it is. Yeah. Um, but she she believes that if she can get this box and present it to the world, that she can hopefully stop a lot more fighting or intentional damage that might come in the near future. In come, in general, that we well, can find peace. Of, she kind of has an awakening. She has a conversation in a in a diner. In a, in like a just a just a very simple little diner over coffee. Oh, with with the old man. Who is the old man? He's just a man. I, I didn't I didn't know if I was missing something from a previous. I don't I I don't believe he's anybody <laughs> important. I just believe he's the the shop the diner's owner. Yeah. I don't recall him from any other Gundam series, but keep in mind that I did watch Gundam circa 2005. I have never watched Double. I've never watched Double Zeta. Okay. Um, I've watched Zeta partway through, but never finished it. So I don't know if he's a key character of any sort of particular sense. I don't recall him being one though. I fa- I found that that conversation helped her more or less kind of work through her feelings almost. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was pretty pivotal. It's, a, it's an interesting character too that like being this like heiress to this lineage 
that on one side you're like their hero, you are their champion, you are their, mm -hmm. you know, you are their, you know, self, you are their, you're, you're their Princess Leia. Yeah. Versus another, it realizes that like your mere existence threatens everything. Every yeah. You cannot be allowed to survive. You should not be allowed to. So, so that's Audrey Byrne. Um, we get to Benajer Lynx. Um, I don't know if you could call him a good guy because he's just too nice of a person at the end of the day. Um, but he's clearly throughout the entire. He's 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 all um you know for lack of a better word an all American clean cut blonde hair blue eyed boy. But he's got brown hair. Brown hair, it's kind of. It's brownish. Brownish. He he is a good guy. There's he is a good guy. There is um, at no particular point. At no point throughout the series can you say that Benajer Lynx is not a good guy trying to just make sure everyone is safe and his doing intentions well. are his intentions are good. well made well yeah. mannered well natured he, he refuses to kill somebody at one point he, well he actually does not want to kill anybody at any at certain yeah. points at all yeah but there's there's one point where there's like a, a really big machine and he really needed to kill her because she would not settle down she's hearing voices so he yeah, has brown hair brown. Yeah, brown. so um, but he very much mirrors like Amaro Ray, you know, like he's, yeah. he's pushed into this unwillingly. He's given this Gundam by his father, much in the same way Amaro Ray got his Gundam and, um, he would prefer not to have to fight anybody if he could avoid it. Um, but that's just not an opportunity presented it to him. And, um, and he goes in, I think he comes to understand that what he has is unique and then eventually he understands the purpose of why he was given it and what this means not only to him but to other people around him eventually yeah um and he eventually kind of accepts his destiny as it were almost as it's been presented to him at this point and the two the two of them very much bond and if you think about it it makes so much sense because mm -hmm. um they both come from from backgrounds in which there's a great deal of expectation for both of them for both of them based on who their their parentage their, the is. parentage and lineage is yeah, yeah. Um, very much in the same vein of like one of our most recent Star Wars stuff, actually. I have that in here. Oh, excellent! Um, and then the last character, Ren Darth. Oh, very much, absolutely. Um, the last character I want to talk about is Full Frontal. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which I refer to in here as FF. So, um, Full Frontal is known as the is um, is um, quote unquote the second coming of Char Asdabal or the second coming of the Red Comet which was Char yeah. Asdabal's nickname yeah. um, he is a cyber new type so he is a genetic recreation of Char Asdabal and by his own belief he has inherited the will of Char Asdabal at a certain point That's he, the, it, 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 this is very much a Ren thing yes because Ren very much believes that he has inherited the will of Darth Vader and of the Empire. Yeah, and I found them very much mirroring each other. Even to the helmet and masks? Yeah. He's got that thing. Thing over his feet. He's got this mask over his face, face that, he, yeah. that he even admits he doesn't care to wear at all. Like, But he yeah. wears it because the people respect him more when he wears it. It's like it's expected. Yes. Yeah. Um, he is our... It separates him. He's our primary antagonist, and his... His his deeds are no or his deeds are worthy at the end of the day. Like by that I mean like 
he, his rationale and logic is on point. He's doing what he believes is the best thing. And he, you know who reminded me of, of there? Hmm. Thanos. Yes, Thanos, absolutely. Because because Thanos, you know, thought he was saving the world by killing half of it. Because and, and his was, logic makes perfect and sense. And his logic makes. And I found at the end of the story mm-hmm. that 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 was a good analogy. The, yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, again, I mean Thanos, I think is again full frontal. Really does believe what he's doing is the right thing. And yes, is it morally right? No, but it's the right thing for his people that he that his people need at the end of the day. So he doesn't care about the morality. So, well, and it, and at one point, he and and uh, Benazir Benazir actually go through a, they they revisit history. Mm-hmm. They go through kind of a history at one sort point. of a weird time warp thing. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah, so, yeah. It, interesting though. It actually explained a lot for me. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Um, but no, yeah, no. So he's the main antagonist. We have other antagonists that are um, a part of the Viz Foundation. Cause he's although, the one you can boo his. Yes, yeah. Um, there are elements of the Viz Foundation which are not in agreement with giving up the Laplace box again because they have used it and lorded it over the, um, the, the Earth Federation for so many years that it's given them so much power, prestige, and finance. It's a threat, yeah. Yeah, it's a, basically it's a... It's a blackmail. It's extortion, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how, those, you, how Ukrainian? <laughs> um, but those are the main things I think you need to know going into it here. Again, uh, knowing the, kind of the politics a little bit here. Um, what were some of your other questions you had? Because you've, well, you've got pages. I've got pages. Um, I, I guess, you know, my, my other, you know, less questions and more. There, there seems to be, um, there is, there is, all fair in love and war because early on you have two Gundam going up against one. Yes, which seems to me an unfair fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and and that seems to be again you fight a war with what what tools you have in front of you. Okay, and and so it it does, at the end of the day, if you get out alive, you get out alive. It doesn't matter whether you brought a bigger gun or or a smaller gun. So so going back to our, our how many how many Star Wars uh, themes can you find in, in here? Mm-hmm. Um, spirits come back. Yes. Yes they do. Spirits come back and talk to you. You well again, I mean like they're I mean Spirits save the day. New type abilities have been somewhat related to the force. Very much and, so. And, and, See and, that analogy works for me. And the intention of the creators, especially um, so the people that make the series are known as a company is a company known as Sunrise. They make a lot of great mecha shows. One of my favorite ones is uh, Code Geass, which has also got um, a movie I'm working my way through right now. But um, the series as a whole, um, Sunrise has very much said that they're intentionally vague about what new types can and can't do. That they relate it to the Force as far as what it can and cannot do. And if we've seen the most recent Star Wars movies... That lines up pretty pretty well, doesn't well, it? Well, and and then there's the whole thing about about what can cyber new types do, mm-hmm. and Versus how do they, genetic, yeah, genetic. and how do they do? I sort of think of rather than genetic, sort of inherent. It's sort of inherent in you, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Okay. So so um, I thought that was it. I thought that was an interesting. Our 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 inherent new types. So in people who who um, sense the force. Um, better 
than cyber. I think I think of sorts that question gets asked. It really, it really just gets posed. I think it gets like, posed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is, so, is, is a genetic new type better than a um, a genetically create a genetic new type that just naturally evolves humanoid versus a genetically modified individual, which is technically better at the end of the day. Um, and I, I and I would agree. I think that is left in intentionally vague, um, with the understanding that like it's kind of a wink and a nod that the that the that the uh, proper new types are the better better ones that that genetic new types are are pretty darn close but not quite there. Okay, um, so some some other other things that that were interesting. You do see a lot of, of sort of traditional samurai themes. Yes. Um, I I see, I find in, a, in impossible to consider that you wouldn't, but um, there's there's um, Deguza. He sacrifices himself. Yes, he does. Um, he literally sacrifices himself to buy more time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the banjo can can get a, away. Get away, yes. Um, and he he sacrifices himself, and it reminded me of this is the guy from Echoes, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And another one of those things I had to look up on on the fandom site, mm-hmm. um, because there's a backstory to him. Oh yes, yeah. So um, uh, he sacrifices himself, and I found it very much akin to Obi Wan doing the same thing for Luke. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, yeah. Very so, good analogy. Okay, so I found I found I found that being very um, similar. Yeah. Um, I think I think an overriding thing is, um, in some ways, I found it difficult to keep track of where I was and which ships did which things because mm-hmm. they're plentiful. Yes, they're very very plentiful. And and so keeping track of 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 which affiliation they were associated with mm. um, was a bit of a challenge for me. Going into it. No, Going yeah, into it. Yeah. So, so again, I think um, had I... Had I had a chart of all the characters that you might be able to keep track of it better. And I'm actually fairly certain that that's out there on the, on the internet somewhere. I'm, I'm, yeah, they've, they've had, um, they have like a character map sort of with like arrows that go to different people and they yeah. kind of explain the relationship with different people. Um, I, I can see if I can find one to put up on the blog for people who want to watch the series so they can try to follow along. I think, I think that might have, that might have helped. No, oh, absolutely. Um, there are a lot of side characters that I found very intriguing. I liked Bright. Bright Noah's very cool. Yes. He, from um, the original Gundam. Yeah. And and so there were there were characters that um, that I found um, very interesting. Um, Lonnie for me was an interesting sort of throw in. Yes. Um, and now I have to go Google who Lonnie is real quickly so I can remind myself. Episode four. Shambio's pilot. She's following her father. She hears her father's voices. She kind of loses it. Oh, 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 okay, Lonnie. Okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, yeah. her parents. Yeah. yeah, no, she she's got she's got issues. She's got issues. L- yeah, lots of issues stashed underneath the bed. Yeah, yeah. She's. She, she, I, I found her very interesting though. I, I um, find her last few moments more interesting, actually. Yeah, I agree that, with that. that. Yeah, but it's not that. to spoil anything though. But yeah. Her, her yeah. mobile suit is also just like big. Okay, so as an overall thing, mm-hmm. 
some of them were ugly and some of them were really beautiful and it didn't matter what gender was piloting no um so because the green one is just like crap they're all the green ones with the scuba mask sort of thing on it yeah so one of the ways you can kind of tell which side is which in a lot of cases um so So they're clunky they look different yeah so the earth federation have our angular straight line sort of units at the end of the day theirs look very clean and very straight line not a lot of um and the colors are are are, are more like blues and silvers occasionally a little bit of gold flare and whites yeah a lot more like a lot more like clean looking yeah as are the xeons choice you know mobile suit of choice is a saku which has got these round sort of legs and arms. It's like spikes on the shoulder. There's that, no shape to it. It's got no waist. No, it's got like it's got these tubes, and it's also got the single monolar eye uh, that, yeah. that moves around. It's always ever so creepy when you see it moving. <laughs> um, one of my favorite elements from that is that they don't. As like the Earth side carries beam sabers, which are like mm-hmm. you know lightsabers for yeah. all extensive purposes. Yeah. Um, the Zakus carry a heat axe, which is a lightsaber axe, as best as I can describe it. Yeah. And again, I mean, like, and it's how you can kind of differentiate the two different sides at the end of the day. One looks chunkier and beefier. Um, they don't have nearly as many color palettes on there. They're, they're just, usually just a singular color, if not a little bit of black and gray in there. Ugly. Okay, all right. They're, so they're ugly. I mean, not everyone can be pretty. I know, but I thought but, it was—I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 gender of the pilot didn't really matter for the mobile suit. No, I mean, yeah. um, not like the Nobel Gundam, which is one of those Gundams that we that we that I showed you last week had yeah. the, the clearly feminine look to it. Like all these Gundams yeah. are just beefcakes at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. So I, so I found I found that I found that interesting. Mm-hmm. And I guess my my last comment um, to to sort of close this out. Um, is that I? Um, it helps to 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 realize that that if you see them as episodes, they're part of a movie because they don't stop and start smoothly as episodes. No, no, that's very true. Yeah, um, you, you you keep wanting to see a to be continued sign um, because it, it almost feels as if there wasn't an ending card or a, or credits at the very end of it. That you would just keep on going right to the very next episode. You could watch it as a long, like, four or five hour movie. There were places where it stopped and it seemed, like, really disjointed. And then, it, and then of course, the next episode picks it right up. Mm-hmm. But um, but they don't stand alone, I guess, is my message no, here. No, yeah, yeah. You can't watch it. This is there's a very cer- much a series you have to watch certainly, in order. They're certainly bundled um, so that there's a... Um, about every single one of them has has a, a battle of some sort. Yeah, in it. so it's sort of they're sort of bundled so that you have conversation development battle mm-hmm. surprise. Yes, some new relevation. Releva- releva- yeah, and so each one of those because they're about twenty five minutes long. Yes, um, each one of each episode goes conversation revelation. You know, some conversation to de- character development battle revelation. Mm-hmm. And then the next one picks up at where that revelation takes you, and um, and and so there's certainly a rhythm to them, but they don't work alone. No, they do flash back onto previous series, mm-hmm. which which if you're not familiar with previous series, that's where it where can be I a found a little bit of a hindrance. Yeah. Well, I actually found though though the the, the fandom wiki 
It's very complete. Yeah, it's very complete. Gives you a lot. So I, I, st I would stop and just like bring myself. I, I, to, I've so. had a hard time pulling myself away from the Gundam Wiki on several occasions. Like you just keep wanting to read it and read it and read it's it. It's well done. It's it, well done. It's very well curated. It's not unlike Wikipedia, although Wikipedia has um, a lot more speculation in a lot of cases because oh, this seems there's so very... much material. But Gundam has a lot more. It's very straightforward. It, yeah, I, I it's would. Very I would, well done. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I, I found as it very a contrast support. between the two because I went back and read about about Char because Full Frontal at one point in one of the later episodes it's kind of revealed that Full Frontal is it has the will of Char, Char. Him, yeah and and you're like well who the hell is that um, but Char's got a kind of a cool story on its own right yeah oh yeah no without a doubt that he's actually the son is actually his real what his real name is at the end of the day um, and that he exchanged it for something else so he could do horrible stuff but actually isn't on the side of and he, he's got and, and, his and character yeah. is so unique that's what i loved about char in a lot of ways that his character is very much a um a lie that he is what he is but to to a greater purpose at the end of the day that he's just such a great character that like you don't know most of the stuff and actually if you want to follow well, that's 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 where i find it kind of felt like he was like thanos um if you actually want to you can watch Gundam The Origin, which is on Crunchyroll. Mm -hmm. I think it's coming to Netflix eventually, but I know it's on a Crunchyroll right now. Tell us the story of Char and oh. how of how he became how he became who he was and the things he had to do in between then. Because they hint about it throughout the original Gundam series, but they don't outright say it at all. Yeah. Um, and the origin is very much the same way how Gundam Unicorn takes place. It's a series of OAVs over the course of a couple of years. Um, and so it uh, presents the story up until the start of Gundam. And I think a lot of us are really hoping that they were, uh, not that they're going to redo Gundam at all, but that they're going to um, do a prettier version of the one-year war. Okay. Um, in the same way that they did the movies, because the movies were cut-up versions of the original episodes they strung together out. And I think you could do an OAV of the original Gundam series that would be in line with what they've been doing with with a lot of more Gundam series and a lot of other OAV series is a way to because a lot of the Universal Century stuff takes place in OAVs now they don't take place in, on television anymore okay or so, very rarely so, so is what we what I watched pretty typical of one of these um, it's, little series it, very much so even almost down to like you start in space you go down to Earth for a little bit and then you come back up to space yeah because um, it all goes back to space eventually. Um, uh, well, and this one goes in between different episodes, goes up and down. Well, you know, you, you, by episode three, you find yourself on Earth. But episode four and five are on Earth, and yeah. episode six literally starts them going. Uh, episode five ends up. Ends well, you've always got spaceships, up. though. Always, always spaceships happening. Yeah, always spaceships. But I mean, wherever the Gundam is at this point, um, the this. It, Gundam Unicorn was meant to be an homage to the original Gundam universe, or the, the original Gundam series in a lot of ways, as a lot of shows using the Gundam have tried to mimic in a lot of ways. Um, George Lucas originally described um, when he was making episode one that it was a mirror to what was happening in A New Hope. So the Phantom Menace had a lot of elements that were very similar to mirroring um, A New Hope at the end of the day, down to the fact that like um, Anakin pilots a ship and he blows up the big big battles big battleship that stops the stops the bad people 
Yeah. And Luke pilots, you know, his X-Wing and destroys his Death Star to stop the bad people. People, yeah. Uh, Luke loses a right arm to a Sith. Uh, Anakin loses a right arm to a Sith. Yeah. Um, you get to see the Emperor with lightning. You see the Emperor with lightning in Episode 3 and Episode 6. Like, he meant the, he meant those movies to be parallels to the original. Yeah. <coughs> and um, Gundam Unicorn does a good job of it. Now, there is a follow-up movie for Gundam Unicorn as well. Um, I believe it's like Gundam Unicorn side story or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and they introduce another Gundam. Oh. Or, or at least like three more, I think. Uh, and while... Um, and I, while I won't spoil it there, there is... You do see the original Unicorn Gundam at one point, but... Um, and you do see um, Benajer links there, but he doesn't do anything. Um, so, would you recommend this to somebody who's interested in getting into this? I would. Um, you know, I, I would. I would. If you had an interest, yes. I think um, again, having some sort of knowledge, pre-knowledge of what they are, would help. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt a little lost at times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And I think what I enjoyed most was that, that whole idea that within the concept of something that wages war, I, I thought it was fairly, I, break, I'm going to break this up into two comments. Um, okay. I thought it was fairly realistic in terms of, of global dynamics because there isn't a, a good and bad. I think right now, if you wanted to say you have Russia and China and the United States, as analogies. As analogies. That's a that's a three world powers that have to live in balance with each other mm-hmm. and always have have um, sort of been antagonistic with one another and right, fought but, with but one between another. each other and the and, and two of them will align for one thing and then a different two of them will align for something else. Yes. Um, so I think it, it's somewhat realistic in, in terms of how it views sort of a global discourse but in this ta- in this case sort of a universe discourse yeah. so I, th- I think that's actually fair, fairly realistic and more realistic than than say Star Wars which which says oh there's bad people and there's good people yes very much um, so I, I felt in that way it was kind of kind of more um, approachable or more more yeah it's very it, um, it's a little confusing at times it can be very confusing but it's very um, I'm trying to remember the right word here um it's an interesting dynamic because I think it's a very true to life dynamic. Yes, you can see a lot of gray. You can see a lot of black and whites, but you can certainly see a whole shade of grays in there. Yeah, um, that very much highlights that war is not just a simple good guy versus bad guy. As much as you can paint it to be like that, there is a lot of nuance to it. Right. And that, and I've always felt that, like at the end of the day, here that like the Earth, the people from Earth Federation don't hate the space noids. They don't hate these kind of people. It's the politics of it that are really driving it. At the end of the day, that at the end of the day, you at the end of the day, if you told me that Russia is attacking America, we're like, no, America is going to beat Russia. Right. You know, that's the dynamic. I think at the end of the day, that if the Russians were told, oh, hey, the Americans are coming, no, we're going to beat the we're going to beat the Americans. But yeah. had they not actually been in a war and they were just interacting with each other normally, we're like. Russian people are perfectly fine. There's there's yeah. nothing wrong with Russian yeah. people, and Russian people would be the same way with us. They don't have a problem with one another, but and even our militaries are not. They're doing what they're told to do at the end of the day. 
Yeah. So you get so you get sort of that dynamic, mm-hmm. and and you I, th- I thought you get um, a real sense of how not pretty war is, even when war is in space. Yes. Because you do get you do get presented with, I I thought a fairly um, well communicated sense of loss. Oh, absolutely. Again, the the people again um, the people that die for Benazir Links kind of at the end of the day. Like those weigh heavy on him for a while, and those are, um, admittingly, people he he purposely will not forget, because they, they they meant so much to him, for the very short period of time that they were with him. Well, in one of the last conversations that's had in, in episode seven at the end, um, I thought sort of wrapped the whole thing up for me. I, I wrote down two lines from it. One was, um, "Kindness alone cannot um, save people." I agreed. And um, all we can do is forge ahead. And I thought those sort of, for me, you know, kind of recap the... The, the series. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, but Dodger Links can't do it with kindness alone. He has to act at the end of the day. But they can't do anything but just keep moving forward and deal with it as it comes at them. Yeah. Um, was that your second portion of that? or Huh? You had two parts. That was the two. Oh. oh, oh yeah. No, the first part was was that I the, thought the it was. War, a, the I thought, war was not pretty. Well, no, the first part is is really that I thought having the three factions was very similar to what the real world is. Okay, yeah. Um, because we have three factions, I think, right now. Absolutely. You could argue them more, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the second part of it was that it it really as much as as this is all fiction, mm-hmm. it's still focused on the cost of war. Absolutely. And I told you going into the here that Gundam was not actually about the Gundams. No, it's, it's not. It's very yeah. much not about them. On it's about the. It's, yeah, it's about the characters, and there's some interesting characters. Well, come so. on, everyone loves Marita Cruz. Marita Cruz all the way. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah. No. Again, I, I always love the fact that Gundam, I think, gives us an opportunity to have a conversation about topics that we normally wouldn't want to talk about um, yeah. and definitely topics that um, have the ability to be about something very close to home without it actually being that yeah. and then giving up in, in making it so that people don't see, you know, a certain flag or a certain denomination of people. It or isn't like preachy. That. No, it's no, this is definitely not preachy, but it gives us the opportunity to see things um, either from a different point of view or to give us a chance to, um, understand a concept that maybe if we told talked about it in a certain way we wouldn't understand it at the end of the day yeah um, or we would pick sides and we'd have pre pre preconceived notions of it yeah um and i i always like gundam because it, uh, as much as i love the robots and i love the unicorn gundam it's a great gundam yeah that i'm literally going to try to build this saturday cool um it's just going to be it's it, again, Gundam just gives us the opportunity. This is what I love about anime. It gives us the opportunity to talk about stuff that, um, had we been introduced to it, we'd have a lot of preconceived notions and a lot of biases that I think we would already have. But if we watch it as an anime, we're presented to it not from the front side, we're presented from, the, from a different side that allows us to think about it critically yeah. and differently and gives us the opportunity to and, have those kinds of things. And beyond thoughts. that, aside from the fact that it is woefully lacking in humor. Okay. Yes, it, it is lacking in humor. Um, it's 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 entertaining mm-hmm. and engaging to watch. Absolutely. So, 
Not so. We still have a some gunpla to build. Yep. And unfortunately, we're not going to do that next week. What are we doing next week? Next week, we have a review of an event oh. that's happening on Sunday. Oh. This yep. Sunday is the WWE's Royal Rumble. Yep. And a lot of people who watch pro wrestling don't, you know, they'll stop after WrestleMania. They'll maybe continue a little bit after WrestleMania, but they'll usually stop, like, after, like, uh-huh. the first month or so. Um, myself included from time to time. Yeah. And they will um, start back up during the Royal Rumble because that's when WrestleMania season starts. And we're going to get another 30-man over-the-top battle, ro- over battle royale. Okay. And we're also going to get another women's 30-man Royal Rumble battle. Ooh. So um, we also have a number of other stuff happening in between then. Okay. And we're going to watch it this weekend. We'll tell you about what we thought about it afterwards. Okay. And then the next week after that, we'll build those gun plus. Perfect. So on behalf of myself and my mom, thank you so much for listening to us once again. You can follow us at nerdtutorialpodcast.com. We have, we're going to put all the show notes as well as the episodes are on there as well. We can continue the conversation at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast. And I always try to leave some reviews for stuff occasionally that I find it interesting. Um, definitely check out the guys from New, New World Order because, um, again, it's places in Japan. They just do these weird dances and it's kind of cool and... I happened to post the one in Nagoya, which we went through. We, there's a couple yeah. of places that we went through there. Oh, very cool. Um, but they have one in Kia. They, they do, they've done also ones in like Paris, France, and New York. And they're, and again, what's great about that one is they're just dancing in there. And everyone else who's around them watching are just as like, okay, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And Japanese people are very much non-confrontational. So they're just like, okay, this is happening. This is weird. Move along real quickly. Don't look too much into their eyes. Um, so, no, yeah, so there's that on there, and I post reviews and other stuff. I think I actually posted Gundam Unicorn at one point on on Facebook.com, too. Yeah. Uh, but also, if you want to let me know about future topics, discussions, or comics or critiques, and I also list out all the... Um, I've also following all the topics as well on our Twitter at nerd underscore tutorial. So if you ever want to follow along with what we've done here at the end of the day and do... Uh, stories or elements that are coming up. Twitter now allows you to follow hashtags now. Oh, very cool. So now we can also do just like at Magic the Gathering, we can also do hashtag Magic the Gathering. We can also now do at Gundam, we can do hashtag Gundam. So we can get kind of some of the stuff that's happening in the universe. Oh, very good. Um, okay. So that's totally cool and interesting now. Okay. Um, so a lot of stuff to add up to, to the Twitters here now. Uh, but on behalf of myself and my mom, thank you so much. We'll come back with WrestleMania with Royal Rumble here next week, and we'll see you guys again next time. Thanks.